Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to Worship 365 2.0, where we are creating atmospheres of worship in the comfort of your own home. I invite you to sit back, relax, and experience what the Holy Spirit has to say to you on today. Welcome to Worship 365. This is the day that the Lord has made and we are rejoicing and we are glad in it. I am so excited about this episode. It is going to be powerful. I am joined by an amazing co-host on today. Her name is Annette Brown. She is the founder of Restoration Training Hub where they are giving you keys to unlock your destiny. And I thought it was so fitting in this climate that we're in today that each and every person that partakes of the Worship 365 broadcast work, walks away with keys. It is so important that we learn not only that we have keys, but how to use those keys to access destiny, to access purpose. So welcome to the show, Annette. Thank you so much, Dr. Matthews. <laughs> I'm so excited that you are here. Um, and I'm excited to, to learn about how worship has personally transformed your life and how you use those keys to not only um, transform the lives of those that you serve through Restoration Training Hub, but how those keys have really helped move you forward in your life. So tell us a little bit about who you are and about how you got to this place that you're at today. Okay. I um, I'm the founder of Restoration Training Hub, as you say, and one of the ways, the key ways that we teach people how to unlock their destiny is through prayer. Mm -hmm. And therefore, we are focused on raising up the body of Christ in prayer, that the body mm -hmm. of Christ will know how to strategically pray 
to unlock those things in their lives that have been locked up, even those things for generations. And really also coming into a relationship with God in an intimate and personal way. Right now we're doing a 21 day challenge of going deeper in intimacy with God. And so intimacy is a really big focus for this ministry also, because without intimacy with God, there is no power in prayer. And so prayer and intimacy goes hand in hand. So that is um, essentially our focus right now in the ministry restoration training hub. Amen. Well, one of the visions and missions of Worship 365 is teaching individuals how to embrace a lifestyle of worship. And we always say that worship is not a slow song. It is a posture that you have before the Lord 365 days of the year. So tell us a little bit about how embracing a Worship 365 lifestyle has transformed your life um, and your and your career and just where you are today. How did that help facilitate that process? Well, I'm giving you a little background about my spiritual life. Uh, I was stuck in religion for the first 10 years of my Christian life. That mm. meant that I went to church every Sunday and Wednesday, and I served in a few ministries, but that was the extent of my relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I had no personal and intimate relationship with him. Once I left that building called the church, God did not come with me. I left him at that building also. I did not read my Bible at home. I did not pray. I did not meditate. I did not worship through music. God was not a part of my daily life. So that was the kind of life that I lived for the first 10 years of my Christian walk. And then about the 10th year, things began to change. I began to go through two very painful ordeals. That led me to seek God like I had never sought him before. And it was during that time that I developed an intimate relationship with God. I learned how to fast and pray because I was trying to find a way to get rid of the pain that I was feeling and also to change my situation. Mm. During the um, fasting, something broke and things began to turn around spiritually. I had this hunger and this thirst for the word of God, and I just could not stop reading the Bible. As I read the Bible, I began to make changes in my life based on what the word of God was saying. It was like I was reading something foreign. You know, when I looked at certain things, and I was like, wow, we're not supposed to do that. And wow, this is what we're supposed to do. And so then I began making changes according to the truth that I was reading, you know, in the Bible that I had never p- picked up before to really read. And interestingly, when I would try to read the Bible before, I didn't understand it. And I also did not have an interest in it. My mm. interest was would only last maybe a day. And by the next day, you know, that Bible was back on the shelf collecting dust. So it was a spiritual struggle to really read the Bible. And I did not understand the spiritual war that I was in at that time. But thankfully, through fasting and praying, something broke and I was able to start reading the Bible. I was able to start understanding what I was reading and I was able to start making changes that I needed. Amen. Yes. And another thing that happened um, during that time, as the spiritual things began to break, I began hearing the voice of God also. Mm. I'd never been able to hear the voice of God before. And Mm -hmm. so as a result of me now being able to hear the voice of God, 
that began to change our relationship. That meant I could depend on him more because if I had a problem, he had an answer. Mm-hmm. And so because of this, I depended on my friends less and less. And I began depending on God more and more because I was talking to him and he was talking back. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that that was a game changer for me to be able to hear the voice of God. And I think it's so important that we could all get to that place to hear the voice of God, because it's hard to have a relationship with someone who you perceive is not talking back to you. You know, Mm -hmm. it becomes a one way, dull and boring relationship. And that's why many people stray away and they depend more on humans than they do on God because they're not hearing his voice. But the Bible says that his sheep shall hear his voice and the voice of a stranger we shall not follow. Therefore, we all have the ability to hear the voice of God because of the spirit of God that is in us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just have to fast and pray to break that thing so we could begin hearing his voice. Mm-hmm. So I heard you say in the very beginning that you were pretty much going through the motions for 10 years. You were just stuck in the pattern of religion. You were doing the things that you knew to do in terms of going to church and you know, being faithful with that, but you really had no interest, no understanding and really no desire. So would you say that although pain pushed you into your purpose, would you say that pain also produced a desire in you to know more of God, to experience him in a way that you had never experienced him before? Although for 10 years you were going through the motion, would you say that that pain produced desire on the inside of you as well? I would say the pain produced an urgency to go to the one who can get rid of the pain. Mm, okay. <laughs> I was just trying to change my situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but in that seeking him, he began to change me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So many people, so many people feel pain. And they have that sense of urgency, but that doesn't push them towards God. Sometimes it pushes them towards drugs. Mm -hmm. It pushes them towards alcohol. It pushes them towards like codependent relationships. What would you um, say to that person who has been, you know, looking for solutions to their pain in all the wrong places and they find themselves really stuck in that cycle of coping rather than really finding true transformation. What wisdom would you give? I would tell them to turn to God. That is the only true answer to our pain. I realized that when I prayed, the pain would go away. Mm. Pain became like my medicine. And it was in that period of time that I began to somewhat understand why someone would go to drugs and other addictions, because you're looking for some type of medicine to soothe the pain. Mm -hmm. But I'm here to tell you that there is a soothing and there is a comfort that we can find in God in the midst of our pain. We do Mm -hmm. not have to run to destructive substances. We can run to God and he is well able to comfort us and deliver us from that pain. So what would you say to a person that's like, okay, I've tried this God thing. I've tried this Jesus thing and it didn't work for me. What do you think was the missing piece that would cause a person to say, I tried that and it didn't work? Maybe what they tried was what you did, religion, going to church, going through the motions. 
but they really haven't truly found God. They really haven't truly tried him. What is the difference between, you know, the religious cycle versus really, you know, running to God? What does that look like? How could we walk someone through that process of saying, I've been going to church and I've been trying this God thing and I tried that Jesus thing, like, like a, like a quick fix (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that didn't work. You know, what wisdom will we give to them to say, you really haven't tried him the way you think that you have? Yeah. Well, I know for one thing that different things work for different people, Mm -hmm. you know, the things that led some people to salvation didn't lead others to salvation. Mm -hmm. Therefore, it all depends on the individual. I could only say what worked for me and what worked for me was fasting and praying. Mm -hmm. It began to break the spiritual strongholds that were holding me back and hindering me from relationship with God. The enemy can see our destiny. He could see the future and He does not want us to have a relationship with God. Therefore, he sometimes puts spiritual blockages in the way to hinder that relationship. And it is only through a process of fasting and praying that we can begin to break down those spiritual barriers so that we can now start to connect with God in a way that is personal and intimate. And so prayer is simply a conversation that you're having with God, just like Annette and I are having a conversation right now. It is getting to the end of yourself, meaning you're like, I've tried everything that I know to try. I've done everything that I know to do. Now I'm at the end of my rope and I have no choice but to look up. Look up, extend your hands, extend your heart and say, God, I give up. I need you in this moment. And I don't know where to go from here. I don't really even know what to do from here. But I know that you hold my future in your hands. And I really want to do this your way. I really, really want to know you the way these ladies are talking about. They know you. I really want to hear your voice. I really want to have a desire to read your word. Like, I really want that. So just from simply saying, I want you, I want to know you, that is the beginning of surrender. That is the beginning of sparking desire on the inside of your heart. And then when we talk about fasting, let's walk people through what that process looks like. We don't fast to get something from God. We fast because we are posturing our heart to say, Lord, I am willing to lay aside my desires, the desires of my flesh, the things that I want, the things that I feel like I need for more of you. It's not necessarily I'm fasting to get you to respond, but I'm fasting and I'm dying to myself because I realize that there are certain things that maybe I'm consuming on a day-to-day basis that is really feeding the flesh part of me when I need to be feeding the spirit part of me. So let's talk to our listeners today about fasting and what fasting looks like Um, I know it's different types of fast that we can go on, but kind of let's for for that person who's like, how do I fast? How do I just begin to do that? And really, what is that about? That is a good question. As you said, there are many different types of fasting. Therefore, fasting is simply abstaining from foods that you find pleasurable. 
Sometimes you could fast from all foods and just drink water. Sometimes you can do a Daniel fast where you're eating um, only grains, vegetables. And sometimes you can do a juice fast. And there are other times you can do a partial fast where you're eating maybe one meal a day and you're skipping two meals a day. So there are different types of fasting. But the important thing to remember in the fast is that without prayer, that the fast is just a diet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we don't want to make our fast simply a diet. We truly want to make it a spiritual experience. It's called fasting and praying. Therefore, we want to make sure that we're adding prayer to that time of abstaining. And in that time of abstaining, we're also consecrating ourselves where we are disconnecting from the world and connecting more with God. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? It looks like disconnecting from the TV, the friends that you talk to on the phone, the social gatherings, the social media, just disconnecting from all those things that will distract you from spending time with God and making a commitment to spending more time with God in that free time that you now have. That is the process of fasting, praying and consecrating ourselves to God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not only that, I think it's important for us to really lean into helping people understand that as soon as you make a, a commitment to fast and to pray and to seek God, it's like all these distractions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> come out of the woodwork to keep you from pressing into that place with him. What um, keys would you give to the listeners to help them navigate around all the distractions, the things that really try to keep you out of, you know, your prayer time and keep you from fasting? What keys have you used that have been helpful to you? I think the most important thing is to have a plan. <laughs> have a plan on what you're fasting about. Have a plan on the things that you're going to do during the day and have a plan on prayer times, Bible reading time, worship time. Just have a plan and make up in your mind what you are going to do and what you're not going to do. Therefore, the things that you said you will not do, when those things begin to pop up, you can take a firm stand and say no. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. So being resolute, being... Um, um, very focused. So if you're struggling with focus, you're struggling with, um, you know, just really finding that, that discipline, I would highly recommend a partner. Um, I would highly recommend accountability, someone who you're like, you know what, I am in this place where I'm wanting to press in and, 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 and develop another level of intimacy with the father. Um, and I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time navigating around distractions. I'm having a hard time finding the discipline that I need every single day. This is where accountability is huge. Did you have any accountability um, to really help you press into that place? Was it really easy for you to really make that transition when you were going through so much pain? Or did you have to lean on other people to really help um, find, find that balance and to help you find that grounding? The thing that made it easy for me was the discipline. 
God mm. has given me a gift of discipline. <laughs> Amen. I am very disciplined. So once I set my mind to do something, it is done. And mm. I do not allow distractions to take me away from what I'm supposed to do. I'm a very focused person. Okay. So for that person who may not have that level of discipline, what keys would you give them? Would you concur that, you know, the accountability partner, just leaning to someone else to hold you accountable would be? Um, oh, yes. Yes, I definitely concur with that. Okay. Definitely. Okay. That would be awesome because I know that one of the things, and I, I just remember a season in my life where um, I was just going through so much personally, you know, I had a relationship with Jesus, you know, I was a worshiper, um, you know, I was, I knew I was called into the ministry, but there was so much happening around me and my family and my finances. It just seemed like I was just under great spiritual attack. I couldn't explain it. I had just gotten to the point where I was like, I just can't do this anymore. And I remember when the Holy Spirit first spoke Worship 365, that you have to create an atmosphere of worship in your home, because as you create that atmosphere of worship in your home, not only will it begin to transform your life, but it will begin to transform everything around you. And so to keep me accountable, I, I was, um, I was um, led to begin to do these broadcasts every single day uh, to develop the discipline because I realized I didn't have the discipline that I needed to sit down to read the word, to pray every day like I should because I allowed distractions to keep me from focusing. I really did. Um, and so to develop the discipline, the Holy Spirit would give me something that I needed to do every single day. And as I obeyed and walked out that specific regimen, that's really what it was, that regimen every single day, then I began to develop another level of discipline. And then that level of discipline that he developed turned into a greater desire to the point where if I missed my time with him, I felt it. <laughs> so it went from I'm doing this, you know, daily as a as a routine to develop the discipline. But now I've become so disciplined, meaning it's a habit that when I don't do it, it's like I can feel that. And it's like I started to say, oh, Lord, I need to spend time with you. I need to get into your presence because I missed it today. Right. Yes. And so that level of discipline that you develop through a 21 day challenge or participating in the 21 day challenge or, you know, another challenge that you might participate in the, the, the purpose of those challenges are designed to help you develop discipline. That Absolutely. Is, that is why the Lord has people that have great discipline to teach people who do not have great discipline on how to develop it. Amen. <laughs> That's a that makes sense. Like, why do we have people doing 21 day challenges and 30 day challenges and 40 day challenges? Like, what is the point? He said, cause they need to develop discipline. I said, Oh, that's it. That makes so much Amen. sense. Amen. That does make sense. <laughs> because it takes 21 days to develop a habit. A new habit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you just gave me some revelation. Absolutely. Because I used to wonder, like, whenever I would seek the Lord, ask him, I'm like, I need to know what to do and how to do it. He's like, well, I need you to do this. And I'm like, what does that have to do with it? <laughs> and as I did it in that obedience, in that submission, in that accountability, I started seeing 
And I'm like, oh, it's the discipline. It's the daily discipline that's being developed that that is actually producing the fruit. Amen. (laughs) Amen. 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 (laughs) That is so good. Absolutely. I love another thing that you said when you said that truth produced true change in your life. And from that truth, with the, the truth of God's word, how it produced true change in your life, you began to hear his voice. You also talked about how not only did you hear his voice, but how you began to gain greater revelation of his word. Let's lean into that a little bit more because now we've talked about fasting. We've talked about prayer. So now let's talk about truth, the truth of God's word and how God's word begins to transform us by spending time and consuming the very bread of life. Talk a little bit about that. Amen. It just reminds me of the scripture where it says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I believe that daily we need to eat the food, the bread of God's word, because daily our spirit needs to be fed. There are so many lies and so much deception out there. And unless we're reading the word of truth, we will not know that we're being deceived. As I read the word of truth, I began to see areas of deception in my life and I began to make the changes. As I made those changes to walk out the word of God, what began happening was I was getting healed on the inside and I was getting delivered from strongholds. So there is power in the word of God and our obedience to the word of God to heal us and deliver us. Mm-hmm. Amen. That is so, 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 so good. What keys would you give our listeners to begin? So many people say, hey, I try to read the word and I just, I just don't understand. I, I don't even know where to start. What would you recommend for someone who might be, you know, new to the discipline of reading God's word? Would you recommend they start with like Proverbs or would you recommend they do one of those challenges um, in the in the Bible app? The Bible app has these reading plans. What would you recommend that they where they start in terms of reading God's word until they begin to hear his voice and he begins to lead them on where he wants them to study? My recommendation would be to start with some devotionals. The Mm. way that I started learning to understand the word of God was reading some very scripture based devotions. Mm. As I read those devotions, I looked at their interpretation of the word and their understanding of the word. And it began helping me to gain Um, my own understanding of the word and to help me to see that I'm not off in what I'm thinking this word says because this person is saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that was a really good tool for me to somewhat confine the learning process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another resource that I used very early on, my grandmother bought me a life application Bible. I know Mm. there are certain Bibles that actually have biblical translations at the bottom, like a concordance where it actually explains it. It's built into the Bible. So I highly recommend even purchasing a Bible that has the concordance built into it. 
um, and, you know, meditating on the scripture and then going to the bottom of the page and just reading how to apply that particular scripture to your life. And so the life application Bible happened to be my very first Bible that my grandmother purchased for me. And I literally consumed the Bible because wow. I was not only reading it, but I was learning how to apply it to my life personally. Yes. So it was a very yes. powerful experience. Um, and I, I concur read- with that also because yeah. I did the same thing. I also bought a life application Bible and I also bought a study Bible. And both okay. of those were very helpful to me in understanding more about what the word is saying in a way that is practical and mm-hmm. easy to understand. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, as we wrap our uh, time together, I wanted you to um, share with our listeners three key takeaways that you would like to leave them with on the importance of maintaining a posture of worship 365 days of the year. We've given them several keys um, already, but is there anything that you would want to leave with our listeners that they can take away as homework (laughs) to say, okay, after this broadcast, this is what I'm going to do in order to move forward and, and to deepen my level of intimacy with the Lord. The first thing I would recommend is getting to know how much God loves you. Mm-hmm. Without knowing the love that God has for us, it is impossible to maintain a posture of worship. Because worship to me is giving ourselves fully to God, offering ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. I, lo- I love your definition of worship also. I think they're, they're in line They're just stated a little differently, but worship is for me when everything that our body does pleases God, Mm -hmm. when the things that our mouth says pleases God, when the things that our ears hear pleases God, when the things that our eyes see pleases God, the things that our hands do, they please God. And when the places our feet take us, they please God. To me, Mm -hmm. that is full worship. And we cannot enter into that type of lifestyle worship unless we know how much God loves us. Because Mm. without a knowledge and a revelation of his love, we will not trust him to walk in that kind, that level of obedience and that level of surrender. Mm -hmm. Therefore, I would say the first key to maintaining a posture of worship is getting to know the love of God and how much God loves you. A very practical way to start that is meditating on John 3.16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. As the Lord was walking me through the process of coming to know his love, he said, Annette, put your name in there where it says world. Therefore, I put my name in there and I said, for God so loved Annette that he gave his only son. That meant everything to me. Because what that meant was that Jesus died for me. Jesus loved me so much that he died for me. That meant that I had value. That meant that I was truly loved. 
And mm-hmm. when I put my name in it, it made it personal. I know Jesus didn't just die for me. I know he died for you and he died for you and every other listener out there. He died for every person. But we have to make that relationship personal. Therefore, when I put my name in there, it made what was done on the cross personal. It was no mm-hmm. longer Oh, he just died for the world. No big deal. No, it was, he died for Annette. Oh my goodness. Someone died for me. Wow. What a sacrifice he made for me. It became that much more relevant when it became personal. Mm -hmm. Therefore, that is a good starting place that someone who does not know the love of God can start out to begin the process of learning and receiving the love that God has for them and making it more personal. Mm, that's so good. That's so, so good. Thank you. That is oh, so good. <laughs> <laughs> it just it's a conversation I was just having literally this morning about mm-hmm. the love of God that mm-hmm. it makes it impossible for us to really be who he's called us to be and to experience the fullness of who he's called us to be without first embracing his love. Because every single thing, everything comes from the love of God. Like until you grasp that, you are grasping at straws. Yes. Yes. Um, And so, I mean, I completely concur. I completely echo everything that you are saying about his love. It totally revolutionized my experience with God when I finally, finally, finally embraced his love. Um, It took our level of intimacy to another level. It began to unlock understanding, um, the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, the cloud that I lived under completely went away. Um, I no longer wrestled with that spirit of condemnation all the time. Um, I was literally free because I had a revelation, not just an understanding, but a true revelation of his love. And I experienced it and I encountered it and it transformed my life. Amen. Um, And so I I completely agree. That is probably the biggest key takeaway that you can walk away with after listening to this broadcast. Um, And then tell our listeners how they can participate in your 21 day challenge. You can go to my Facebook group, House of Prayer Movement, or Mm. you could also go to my website at www.restorationtraininghub.com. And as soon as you open that page, a pop-up will come, will pop up (laughs) to sign up for the challenge. Once you sign up for the challenge with your name and email, I can email you the daily devotions and the daily devotions are all about the love of God. The purpose is to open up our hearts and our minds to allow the Holy Spirit to begin doing a deeper work in our hearts that will take us into a deeper level of intimacy with God. Absolutely. And we can all use deeper levels of intimacy with the Father. I don't think Amen. Ever, I don't think we ever go deep enough. <laughs> we we never arrive. 
you know, and so God's love is limitless. There is no limit to his love. Therefore, there's always deeper to go. There's always more to receive. And so we do ourselves a disservice if we ever think we have everything that we need. <laughs> there's always more. <laughs> there's always more. And God is a big giver and he wants to give us more, <laughs> but we have to desire the more. Mm-hmm. Annette, would you please pray for our listeners as we end our broadcast? Absolutely. Father, we just thank you, God. We praise you, Father. We worship you, God. We magnify your name because you are good. Your mercy, your loving kindness endures forever. You are a good, good father. And everything that you do is good. You said if evil men can give good gifts to your children, how much more will our father in heaven give good gifts to his children? So God, we thank you that you are a good father. And we pray right now, Father, for every listener, God. We pray for those who don't know you as a good father, God. We pray right now, Father God, that every lie that they believe about you will be demolished right now by the power of God in the name of Jesus. We cast down every lie, every stronghold. We cancel every plot, plan, and scheme of the enemy against their relationship with you. And we decree and declare that truth shall go forth like a bolt of lightning and hit their hearts right now, that they will come into a revelation and a knowledge of the love of God. God for them. Father, we pray right now, God, for those who already know you intimately, God. We pray, God, that you would just begin to take them deeper in you, Father. We pray, oh God, that you remove any mental blockages, any spiritual blockages that will hinder them from going deeper in you, Father. We send your warring angels, oh God, to bind every force of evil that is coming against your people right now in the name of Jesus, God. And we decree and declare freedom, Father God. We decree and declare, oh God, that they shall enter into the presence of God. And when they enter into your presence, Father God, through worship and music, through reading their Bible and through prayer, oh God, that they will experience, oh God, the freedom, Father, that could only come from you, Lord, because you said it is for freedom that you have set your people free. And in your presence, oh God, there is liberty. In your presence, the wounded are made whole and the captives are set free. So we decree and declare right now that every captive shall be set free. And we say, let God's people go that they may worship him, that they may worship him in spirit and in truth. So we decree and declare the spirit of worship will fall upon every listener right now, God, that as they mm-hmm. worship you, Father, that as the words are coming from my mouth, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is going forth to break every yoke and destroy every burden that is holding your people back today, God. Mm-hmm. We praise you, Father. We pray right now, God, for an outpouring of your love, God. Pour mm-hmm. your love into the heart of every person, God, and begin to fill us, Father God. Pour your love into us, Father God, every person, including me and and child, Father God, pour your love into all of us, Father God, because there's always more love to receive. And we receive your love today, God. We receive your love, Father. And we say more, God, more of you, God, more of you, Father. We desire more of you, God. Mm -hmm. Fill us up till we overflow, God. May our cup runneth Mm -hmm. over, God. May we never be empty, Father. And may we truly be a people who worship you in spirit and in truth, 365 days a year. In mm-hmm. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Say Hallelujah. It is so, so as you are listening to this powerful, fervent prayer, I know you are full. I want you to just take a deep breath in through your nose and just exhale. 
and just take another deep breath in through your nose and just exhale. That is the Ruach Hakadish. And we just thank you, Father God, for just filling our lungs right now with your breath. We just thank you that as we pour out our praise to you, that you fill us with more of you. We thank you for a fresh wind of your spirit. We thank you for a fresh outpouring of your spirit. We thank you for the greater. We thank you for the more. We thank you so much for joining us today on Worship 365. We ask that you would continue to invite, continue to share, because there is more. There is more of God for you if you will only believe. If you will only believe. If you will only believe. He is waiting for you. He's waiting. He said, if you knock on the door, <laughs> he will surely answer. And so we pray that he will meet you in your place of need, even in your place of pain on today. Thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to sharing with you ways that you can experience the presence and the power of the true and living God right in the comfort of your own home. Have a blessed day.